0: You know what? This is fun. Let's let's do this. It's so awesome. I love it
1: welcome to the fan and the furious presents the butler did it we're a podcast that tackles the filmographies of actors that haven't gotten the deep dive we think they deserve and this season we're talking about gerard butler i'm steve and this is my co-host emily oh what up
0: not much how you doing
1: i'm good i'm in the timeline of this podcast we're still in the beginning of the timeline i'm doing a timeline dance
0: it's a nice little timeline dance (laughs) Is that how you time travel? I like that. That's that's my time travel movie. It's you can time travel but only if you do a really stupid dance.
1: We're taking a walk. We're walking the line. The timeline, that is.
0: Not enough time travel. That's my complaint about this movie. There's not enough. I thought, okay, look, if you're calling a movie timeline, I expected more like different time travel.
1: Okay. Because I was going to say there's the exact, there's actually more time travel in this than there is in Back to the Future. <laughs>
0: No, but I just wanted them. No, I wanted it to be like like they can go to different places, but they can only go to the one place in the one time and they only do it once.
1: Do they do that in that book? I've never read the book.
0: I haven't read the book. I was reading that in the um, book. They can choose where they go. I believe it's still all set like in France, but that's because that's where they're like, that's where they've chosen to do that thing.
1: People will tell you that's a great book.
0: Well, It's not. Because it's Michael Crichton, and he has written some fun books. He has not written any great books.
1: Michael Crichton's Timeline.
0: Directed by Richard Donner.
1: Yep. That man has had a weird career. Yes. I mean, Lethal Weapon's a cursed object now, but I loved them back in the day.
0: (laughs) There are a lot of cursed objects.
1: I like that Superman.
0: That Superman, yeah.
1: But yeah, so Richard Donner made this movie. And uh, just a little bit before we get into the plot, I read an interview with Richard Donner where he said it's next to impossible to turn a 500-page book into a 120-page script and kind of insinuated that it was a lost cause. I feel like this movie, nobody involved with it wants to think about it ever again.
0: Okay, so since the last time we recorded... I have had to look up what the next movie to watch was approximately 10 times because I could never remember that this movie exists.
1: That's incredible.
0: Like I actually couldn't like, I'd be sitting at work going, Oh, what's the next movie. And I'd sit there and be like, we're not, it's not one of those super like broy ones yet. Um, it's not a fan. What is it? What is it? What is it? And I'd look it up and go, Oh, time. <laughs> Every time. I cannot remember that this movie is a movie.
1: The only reason I had ever seen this movie was because when we first started dating, my wife and I had a thing where we would show each other movies we liked. So I showed her in the same day, I showed her whatever happened to baby Jane, because that's one of my favorite movies. And she's like, oh, let me show you Timeline, because she loves Timeline. And that is the only reason I've seen this movie.
0: Yeah, i would never seen it. I knew it was about time travel. And that was the only thing I knew. I think probably a lot of times when I would heard this title in the past, I was conflating it with Sound of Thunder.
1: Better movie or worse movie?
0: I mean, Sound of Thunder is dog shit stupid. This is not like, not that this is a smart movie, but it is less ridiculously terrible.
1: This is a more competent film.
0: Yes. This is more of a movie.
1: So what are your thoughts? Uh, did you like it? Did you not like it? How'd you feel about Timeline?
0: I cut it down with it being about 20 minutes shorter. I feel like it's the, uh, the final big battle when you're just hearing people shout trebuchet like a thousand times <laughs> was amazing for about two minutes. And then I'm like, okay, I can't deal with this much longer. Um, this movie is, uh, this will not surprise you, filled with actors who I went, holy shit. Yeah. Um, lots of Emily people in this movie. It's fun um jerry is cute i like that they a lot of the focus is on him i thought in the beginning it was going to be a lot of paul walker and there really isn't a ton of that i mean that's he's sort of just they're all it's a very ensemble movie in a way i was not expecting
1: yeah and it it almost feels like they were like wait a minute this gerard butler guy is way more charming let's pivot to him
0: yeah because like he's the one who like gets the romance i mean i know paul walker also ends up with his girl but that just sort of happens (laughs) the romantic story is jerry's
1: yeah so jerry was not the first choice for this it was originally pierce brosnan who dropped out and that's i think a worse movie with brosnan
0: brosnan i love pierce brosnan he has a very different energy Mm
1: -hmm. again we are at another movie where jerry was not listed as the star and is the best part of the movie yes so uh, i love this man i love this man so much
0: he's great and i like that he has his long hair back in this movie
1: he is so fucking hot in this movie yeah this movie has a rap of being just like one of the fucking worst movies you see it on lists of worst sci-fi movies whatever i think this movie's fine it's fun enough to watch it falls out of your head afterwards but I wouldn't call it like the worst sci-fi movie.
0: It's too harmless for that. Yeah. And I think you
1: like you were saying, you cut 20 minutes out. I actually think it's a pretty fun flick.
0: Yeah, it's to like there's some fun moments. Um, there's some like boring stuff I think that's stretched too far, and there's some like weirdness in the like lack of story in terms of the shady evil company.
1: I wonder if the 500 page book flesh flesh that out a little more
0: from what I've read. It does like there's this whole thing about how they when they have employees who they like are suspicious of or think might cause problems. They like send them to like back in time to like right before when Pompeii erupts or shit like that. (laughs) So that's how they like murder the employees they want to get rid of. Because I mean, obviously this one, they're like, we found this one particular wormhole that is stuck on this one particular time in this one particular place that can't happen here.
1: But the the base plot of this is there's a team of archaeologists uh, led by Billy Connolly and his cool surfer dude son, played by Paul Walker, is there and Billy Connolly disappears. They find some clues that he was back in the old days in medieval times, medieval France, And we find out that there's a shady corporation that in trying to fax matter (laughs) through a fax finds out that you can fax people back in time. They go to save his dad. We'll discuss from there. That's your base plot. So now when we pick it apart, we can talk from there. Yeah. I kind of love the opening of this movie.
0: Yeah. We see like a guy running through the woods and medieval France so being chased by a knight. And it's like flicking back and forth. This this desert. And there's just some dude like driving his SUV. And there's just a man
1: filled with arrows.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And they take him to the hospital. And then unfortunately, my movie opens with Cass Anvar. And then everyone's favorite scumbag, Neil McDonough, shows up to collect the corpse.
0: I love him so much.
1: He's... The f- single funniest part of this movie.
0: What I love about him is I kept expecting it to be, oh, he's gotta to be totally evil. When it's like, oh no, he's just kind of a big coward.
1: Yeah, that that's the f- the funny thing about yeah, this movie is the whole time you're expecting Neil McDonough to be this huge scumbag, and he's really not. Yeah. Because when you see him, you assume you're always gonna assume he's the bad guy.
0: Yeah, of course. It's Neil McDonough. <laughs> <laughs> He's terrifying looking. He's just kind of a dick in this movie. Yeah,
1: we're at this archaeology site, and Billy Connolly and Jerry back together again, getting the gang back together. And it's very funny that Jerry's not his son. Paul Walker is.
0: I definitely when it's like when they like when we start, I'm like, oh, that's 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 his son, right? No, Paul Walker.
1: So they're excavating this French castle, and uh, Billy Connolly just disappears and. Jerry, in trying to explain to Paul Walker, like how wonderful archaeology is, he finds this uh, sarcophagus of a man with one ear, holding hands with his love, and they were buried together. And Jerry's just like, it's so romantic, isn't it? And I'm like, yes, it is, Jerry.
0: And you go, well, this is going to be important later.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But I'm too busy, you know, making eyes at Jerry because he is so fucking charming.
0: Dude, yeah come on we see him doing archery
1: early on in vindicated we thought vin was hot but jerry i'm just like gaga for
0: yeah he's dreamy he's so goddamn dreamy
1: then they there's a i i feel bad i don't remember that what's this actress's name i don't know who plays uh billy Connolly's assistant that paul walker is in love with and uh oh uh francis o'connor is the actress playing kate and she, he's in love with her, but Billy Connolly says her first love will always be archaeology. But Paul Walker's too cool of a dude for archaeology, right?
0: Yeah, he wants to, like, he's interested in the future.
1: Okay, okay, Paul Walker. He's fucking terrible in this movie.
0: Dude, he is a block of wood.
1: And I think the movie knows it. And that's why we're like, trim, trim, trim. See you later, Paul. Yeah. But then they find a cave collapses. they have all of this crew trying to like like hold like hold these ropes while they descend Andre, who's played by Jerry and Kate down this uh down this this like catacomb. it's more of a catacomb than a cave. and then we discover Billy Connolly's glasses and a note from the eighteenth uh, century it says like uh fourteenth century fourteenth century. Sorry, from the 14th century that says, like, "Help me, <laughs> Why not? I'm trapped in time. Why just help me?
0: Yeah, so Billy Connolly was supposedly going to ITC, which is the shady corporation that is funding their garage dig, because he had said that like they they had too many hunches that were correct about like where to dig and stuff, so that's what he was supposedly was. So the whole gang, like six people decide to go to wherever the company is based. I love how quickly mega corporation shadiness is like oh yeah we invented time travel
1: it was so funny
0: like generally that's the sort of thing that you like you have to dig about and then you you do some corporate espionage and you you like find some paperwork no they're just like hey i'm glad you guys are here let me tell you what's up we created a machine to fax 3d objects and we made and we made it so you could we, we were able to do it across the room. This is like the Wooly Wonka television thing. Then we built a bigger machine and we set things back and it didn't end up where it was supposed to, and it came back a couple hours later. So they send out some cameras and they find out that they're going back to Castle Guard in France, which is the place of this fake battle. Yeah. That between the British and the French, that the French won. And there's uh like Lady Claire was this French woman who the British people hung and that you know gave the French soldiers their like um their the energy to like fight and beat the British and take their castle back.
1: She got fridged for an entire nation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we have David Lewis as shady shady boss.
1: And so you know in Die Hard At the end of Die Hard, when Hans Gruber pretends to be a hostage. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you're one of them, aren't they? And he's kind of doing like a Jimmy Stewart. That is David Thewlis barely hanging on to this American accent.
0: (laughs) There's no reason he needs to be American.
1: It's incredible. He can't keep it together.
0: There's no need or reason for it. In fact, like we are so used to evil British dudes. Just make him an evil British dude.
1: (laughs) We're going to send you back in time.
0: I love him dearly, but Me too. The, the accent is not working. They're going to send the archaeology team back in time along with Neil McDonough and a couple other security guards because they're the ones who, like, have knowledge of ancient France, even, only, even though only one of them speaks French, which seems inconvenient. Mm-hmm.
1: And we find out that the guy from the beginning uh, was one of their compatriots who got left behind and murdered.
0: Yeah. And we also find out that if you time travel too much, it like messes up your body because it, you know, like when you're faxed back, it like disassembles all your atoms and then reassembles them on the other side. But honestly, that doesn't end up mattering at all. Besides a little bit of the bad guy's motivation. But it doesn't even really need, because it could just be, hey, you left me back here and I'm mad. Mm
1: -hmm. So Ethan Embry, in the most 2003 outfit ever, is there as like the nervous physicist. uh, And he's going to stay behind, I guess, because frosted tips would look out of uh, place in (laughs) medieval France.
0: But really, it's just because he's like, you're not disassembling all my atoms. It's not a thing that I'm going to let you do, which Mm -hmm. honestly, good on you.
1: And they bring this nervous Frenchman with them, Francois, and Paul Walker's like, I'm going, dudes, because it's my dad. And if I was these people, I'd be like, no, stay behind you, idiot.
0: Yeah, it's, he, I mean, he's not like an expert on medieval France.
1: He's just a guy. Yeah. Is he supposed to be like the audience surrogate or something?
0: Maybe. But you don't need an audience surrogate because it's not like everybody else is an expert on time travel.
1: That's true. I know it, it's weird. The Paul Walker character is deeply strange. Yes. So when they they have these little things that are called markers and if they press this button. So the markers make no sense. What they say is it will spring everybody back if one person triggers it. Yeah. But that never happens.
0: I think may, like is it like everybody everybody but or is it only like everybody in a certain I think it's like everybody in a certain radius.
1: Okay. It may be that. It's very unclear. Most of the things in this movie are very unclear.
0: Yeah, it's got to just be a certain radius because otherwise they couldn't have accidentally left that other dude behind.
1: True. They get there and immediately they start getting massacred by the English. This one dude is has all of these English dudes shooting arrows into him and he pulls out an honest-to-goodness grenade.
0: <laughs> and then... Still holding on to the grenade, <laughs> activates his marker.
1: And just as he activates the marker, he gets an arrow right through the heart.
0: So he comes back and he's in the little the, like the teleportation chamber and drops the grenade and everybody looks out the door as their, I'm assuming very expensive and delicate time travel machine explodes.
1: I had to pause that I was laughing so hard because what everything about it was funny. A man pulling out a grenade to throw at medieval knights, a man getting an arrow through the heart and then traveling through time. It was incredible. Yeah. So they have six hours to try and reassemble a time machine while everyone else is going on a fun adventure. And by fun, I mean trying not to get massacred. They kill all of the security guys, except for Neil McDonough, right out of the gate.
0: Yeah, they're very bad at their jobs.
1: And uh, there's a pretty French lady and Jerry sees her and he ends up hiding with her.
0: Yeah, and he saves the pretty French lady.
1: By hilariously stabbing a man through the bottom of his guts.
0: The one thing I like about this, and uh, this becomes like, it goes away like in the final battle scene, but in the beginning, like, He's super freaked out and upset that he killed somebody, which is not something you honestly see in these movies a lot. Like somebody having an honest reaction to killing a person.
1: Mm -hmm. He's really, really upset. And so later on, there's a scene where Kate has to kill a man. And I also laughed incredibly hard because there's she's sneaking up on this guy and she grabs there's swords, but she grabs an arrow and slowly pushes it through a man's heart while watching him die. And then two minutes later, she's acting shocked. And my wife and I are sitting on the couch going, you don't feel bad. You had bloodlust. You don't kill somebody with an arrow with your bare hands without wanting to take a life.
0: Yeah, Because you could have stopped stabbing him at some point. He was, He was, you know, he was stabbed. He wasn't going anywhere.
1: It is brutal. And... <laughs> I could not stop giggling at her impaling this man through the heart. It's pretty great. So, like, Michael Sheen shows up as a charming, sexy, evil, mustache-twirling British lord, and he's great.
0: Yeah, and we also meet his like second command, who becomes important later because, spoiler alert, he is the other dude who was trapped back in time with that like from the company. There's
1: some great moments. The Francois, the nervous Frenchman, he they try to claim that Billy Connolly was their lord and they were his servants and that's why they were looking for him and Francois was their translator. And then Michael Sheen goes, well, if you're translator, translate this. And gets him to translate, I'm a spy. So then a man guts him.
0: My favorite part of this is Paul Walker's, oh my God, which is the inflection that he puts when his friend gets killed.
1: They're like, worried at first that like jerry's gonna have a scottish accent and they might think something and francois french accent they're gonna think he's a bad guy because francois tries to cover it up at one point and no one has a problem with this fucking california server dude voice <laughs> i guess they're probably just confused by it like it's like okay scotsman cool they could be here but like a fucking human ninja turtle comes walking in no one's gonna have questions and also i kind of love that this movie does not give half of a shit about the butterfly effect except for like later on
0: look it does when it's convenient and then other times it does not care there billy Connolly's alive he is promised in order to not get murdered he's promised to show the english how to make greek fire which Mm -hmm. i mean talk about upsetting the goddamn timeline exactly like like, holy christ there's a lot of escaping and then getting captured again
1: yeah a whole there's a shocking amount uh jerry escapes with the pretty lady who apparently is david thewlis's partner in real life and they met on the set of this movie
0: yeah i read that that was nice
1: while all of these zany adventures are going on neil mcdonough is running around with a sword and it is so goddamn funny because he is running around like he's at a fucking laser tag place and I could not stop giggling
0: he's having fun god bless him
1: he knows what almost everybody but Paul Walker knows what movie they're in
0: I don't think Paul Walker ever knows what movie he's in He know
1: listen that man is good as Brian O'Connor and that is it because Brian O'Connor is just Paul Walker yeah he is good when he's playing himself <laughs> Yeah, Neil McDonough's having a blast. Billy Connolly's having fun. You would think I say this because this is who this podcast is about, but I think Jerry's the, the best part of this movie.
0: Well, he's the most like he's the most interesting character, and he actually has like a story.
1: So him and this uh no, I keep saying French lady, but I mean like she's a lady, like you know.
0: Capital L lady.
1: Capital L lady, yeah. And they're like going on this adventure and they're starting to fall in love together. It's very cute.
0: They're like flirting in the river.
1: It's weird because normally I would be like, ugh, they've known each other four hours. How are they in love? But you kind of buy it here. Yeah. I mean, how could she not?
0: Yeah. And yeah, they, he, they learn that it's like, she is Lady Claire and they have messed up the timeline yep even though they would have messed up the timeline just by being there
1: all of them get captured <laughs> and we find out like emily was saying that the second michael sheen's second in command is was worked for the shady corporation and he's there and he just fucking stabs neil mcdonough through the heart and just lets his corpse drag for a little while before he lets it get trampled by horses and it was incredible
0: it was great yeah um because he's already got this dude tied to the back of the wagon and he just stabs him. And yeah, and then like right next and Billy Connolly's just standing there and being like, well, fuck.
1: <laughs> and yeah, you never get like the heel turn from Neil McDonough. He's just like trying to help save them all and then gets stabbed in the heart and yeah, trampled just, by a horse.
0: It's just basically that he was kind of a coward. And when, cause Decker gotten like shot or something And he just sort of, like, leaves him and runs away. But he's like, I thought you were dead, dude. And I'm, you know, gonna not die, so.
1: And the way that he tries to save himself from getting murdered is he goes, I have a family. You've been over my house for dinner. (laughs) Pretty good. Did you notice what happened in this scene? Because I didn't until it was pointed out to me. What? So Donner is, like, having the camera go up to see that this is, like, a battalion walking down a path. Mm Mm-hmm. And as it zooms past a horse from behind, the horse takes a shit.
0: I did not see that, no.
1: So this camera like, is zoomed in on this horse's literal horse's ass, and it, it zooms in on a horse taking a shit right on camera.
0: God bless you, Richard Dunner.
1: <laughs> I don't think it was intentional. Because I missed it. And my wife turns to me, she goes, hey, did you see that horse poop? And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, <laughs> go back. And, she, and it was like the fucking Zapruder film. She was, like, she was like, and here, that's where the horse takes a shit. And I was like, oh, it's very funny. And I feel like that explains the amount of effort that went into timeline.
0: Basically, the rest of this movie is just a big battle scene. Mm-hmm. Because Billy Conley teaches the British how to make Greek fire. The French are firing trebuchets mm-hmm. at the castle. Lady Claire is not there like she is supposed to be to die. And Paul Walker and Kate are going through some tunnels
1: that they found in a monastery and the French are sneaking in with them.
0: Yeah. So Lady
1: Claire shows up and Jerry's like, no, how did she get here? And then Billy Connolly just goes like, it's history that no. No, no. This isn't Doctor Who where the timeline corrects itself or Final
0: Destination. I mean, it sort of is, though, because like they found the sarcophagus in the beginning that ends up being him. So they try to have it. This is the way things have always been. while also being like, no, we have to fix the timeline, which is not like pick one or the other.
1: Well, it's very poorly thought out. For these battle sequences, they hired larpers, and it looks like it.
0: <laughs> There's not. I was reading in the Internet Movie Database trivia that some of the the French shields just have Quebec flags painted on them. <laughs> like real good attention to detail. Amazing.
1: This really seems like a movie that nobody cared about. No. Because you can find interviews with Jerry talking about his past movies. He never mentions this. The only time I've heard him mention Timeline was in the interview for Tomb Raider where he said, I just finished Timeline and I didn't want to do action movies anymore. Mm. So this seems like a paycheck job for him.
0: Yeah, that's fine.
1: But he's not giving a paycheck performance, which I actually really respect. So uh, it's an uh, army of darkness style battle between the French and the British, and whatever it's just fight, fight, fight. Trebuchet. Paul Walker does a cool slide kick to take down Michael Sheen. <laughs> but the best part of this is Jerry is fighting the the guy from you know who was trapped in the past. And the guy, Decker, uh, so Decker chops Jerry's ear off and his response is the fucking best. Because he goes, oh, my ear. And then he goes, oh, it's me. And he's so excited that he's the guy that gets to have the romantic burial with the love of his life. He's so fucking hyped to lose an ear. It's adorable.
0: I would have loved if like, if if this movie goes on, like we follow him and then like, after he's like agreed to stay in the past and like two days later he meets some dude like some knight who has one ear and just goes oh fuck
1: <laughs> i thought it was super sweet how excited he was to like realize that he's gonna fall in love with this pretty lady it's cute i feel like with a worse actor this is groan worthy but i feel like jerry has just that perfect charisma that it works
0: yeah so at that point, everybody has take has, their, has had their markers taken away from them. So he gets the marker that Decker took, and he throws it to Paul Walker. And he's like, you go. You guys all go home. I'm going to stay here with my pretty lady.
1: And they make it home just uh, as... Uh, David Thulez, after I think breaking a guy's neck, it's very unsure he hilariously pushes his second in command through a pile of coats and-, and he slams his neck and he's like Ur! and Ethan Embry traps David Thulez in the time machine and just as Paul Walker and co. come back as this knight's about to kill them, David Thulas appears and gets his head chopped off Yeah, it's hilarious and the day's saved, our friends make it back And they go to look at the sarcophagus and I'm going to admit I got a little emotional.
0: It's very sweet. Very wordy for a tomb. But they like have they've further excavated the sarcophagus and they find this engraving on it.
1: Just saying basically like how happy he was with the love of his life and you know thank you to his friends who survived him.
0: Yeah and they named one of their kids Francois. It's very
1: cute. Look. Jerry's great.
0: (laughs) Jerry's great. The movie could use more Jerry. Paul Walker largely that character seems superfluous to this movie. I think it was.
1: I mean, we haven't read the book, so we don't know. Maybe the character's fleshed out more but I feel like they cast Paul Walker because Paul Walker was kind of hot at the time. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Because I think all the other casting is great. Billy Connolly knows what he's in. Michael Sheen knows what he's in. Jerry knows what he's in, and they're all all—they're all giving... Everybody in this movie, except for Paul Walker, like I said before, gives the performance that this movie should have. Yeah. Jerry understands that he should be super overly sincere. Billy Connolly's being goofy. Neil McDonough's being goofy. It's great.
0: We talked before. We like sincere Jerry.
1: Uh, I, that was going to be my next thing. I was like, you know, when we we're trying to figure out what makes a good Gerard Butler movie, I think this part, if fleshed out more, is... Kind of a perfect part for him.
0: Yeah, he's charming. He also gets to use a like. He gets to fire some arrows. He's shirtless in one scene. He's got the long hair.
1: I cannot express how hot he is in this movie. He's
0: really fucking hot in this movie.
1: I don't. I tweeted this last night. I do not understand how people saw this and talked about Paul Walker being the hot one. Mm, I don't know. Paul Walker's generic cute guy. Jerry is a fucking smoke show.
0: And any movie where he gets to use his real accent ups that hotness factor quite a bit.
1: That's the weird thing about them hiding it. It's a sexy accent.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Michael Sheen's pretty hot in this too.
0: Michael Sheen is pretty hot in this. Like, and honestly, like it was one of the things when I first saw him. I'm like, is that Michael Sheen? Like, I like it took a second because like that dude looks a lot like Michael Sheen, but like he's he's really baby faced in this movie.
1: Well. Him and Jer- I always thought Michael Sheen was older. Him and Jerry are only a year apart in age. Oh wow! Sheen's fifty-two. Jerry's fifty-one.
0: Okay, I just think Sheen looks more fifty-two than Jerry does. Yeah, I mean, good, dude. Michael Sheen's still a good-looking dude, but he looks like a guy in his fifties, and Jerry yeah. doesn't look like a guy in his fifties.
1: No, and it's it's very interesting to see and. Look, this is a hunk-filled movie. I think even Neil McDonough kind of sexy in this. He kind of
0: he does it for me in a weird way. Like he's there's something very like off about his looks that I still I don't know it works. And also he's often scary, so we know, we know that's an added bonus for me.
1: Yeah, I like cutie pies. That's why I'm more <laughs> in for Jerry. But in hunk factor, this is a pretty hunky film. So, and I'm. Fairly certain that's the reason my wife liked this movie So much in
0: 2003 Yeah, yeah, that's allowed I can't
1: blame her So Crichton hated this movie It was a total bomb And yeah, it just seems like everybody Wanted to get away From it It's just like an abandoned movie Timeline Look, if you have nothing to do There's worse things to do at your time
0: Certainly It's on HBO Max.
1: Look, you want to watch Jerry be charming and cute? That's the movie for you. But, Emily, any other thoughts on timeline?
0: I think that is all of my timeline thoughts.
1: It's fine. This is going to be a short episode.
0: We're so close to Phantom. I can taste it. I'm so excited.
1: We are so close to Phantom. Oh, also, this was shot before Tomb Raider. Oh, okay. So, I want yeah, I really do think this was a movie that just was kind of like and they released it afterwards and part of me wonders if the rising star of Jerry was why they held it. Maybe. Cuz he was like the second lead, you know, in Tomb Raider, which was a big, you know, we they thought popular movie. So, I wonder, yeah, this is one of those things like remember when uh Stealth Waited till Jamie Foxx did the Oscar movie before coming out. Oh my God. I think it may have been that. So, next episode, we're writing a letter. And that letter is going to say Dear Frankie, a movie I know nothing about.
0: Nope. Sincerely, Emily and Steve. <laughs>
1: Dear Frankie, what movie are you?
0: (laughs) Does he sound pretty shitty?
1: We are, thankfully, just a few movies away from Jerry being a star. He's now a rising star. We're two away from Phantom. He is the second lead in Dear Frankie. And uh, look, you know, even uh, what I was saying was, even in the worst movies, you're one more kisses, you're all this stuff. So far, Gerard Butler, I think career-wise, has been the high point of pretty much every movie we've watched. Yeah. And I find that so interesting.
0: I'm interested to see what happens when we hit 300. A movie I have not seen since it came out in theaters.
1: It's a garbage movie, but he gives it his all in that movie from what I remember, because I have not seen it since theaters either.
0: But I do wonder how much the awfulness of that movie negates him trying when like the character in the script is that bad
1: oh yeah it's there's a that we're we're gonna hate it we know we're gonna hate it. oh yeah but i don't know just like a little check-in as we kind of come to the end of rising star jerry we got a couple more movies but like i think it's really interesting just like all of these directors so far have seemed except for one more kiss have known how to use him. Yeah. Sexy, charming, sincere. One, one or all of the three. <laughs> we will see you in two weeks for dear Frankie. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at fan and furious. You can email us at the at gmail.com. Our theme music is by John Zuckerman and our logo is by Ann Meadows. And uh please rate and review us. We'd like to let some other people know about the show. Sing sing our praises from the rooftop. Please do. Mail a letter saying, Dear Frankie, listen to the Fan and the Furious presents.
0: And if you know Jerry, get him to come on our podcast.
1: Listen, if Jerry wants to come on, I will move my entire schedule around for it.
0: Um, obviously, yes.
1: I, I will take a day off from work. Contact Jerry. Tweet at Gerard Butler. Tell okay. him to come on the show. Yes. But be nice about it. Don't oh, don't berate
0: okay. him. No, no, no.
1: Look, if Chris Gethard could get Diddy, maybe we can get we can get Jerry. What if we get Chris Gethard who gets Diddy to get Gerard Butler?
0: Okay. You start working on that. That seems complicated.
1: So tweet at Chris Gethard.
0: <laughs> Leave Chris Gethard alone.
1: He's a very nice man.
0: He seems to be, yes.
1: Well, we'd love to have Chris. You know what? If Chris Gethard wants to go on the show, we'd move our schedules around to get him on.
0: Yes, obviously.
1: So, okay. Here's the list of people. Chris (laughs) Gethard. Uh Diddy.
0: Uh
1: Gerard Butler. Okay. Right. Those are the three guests. We get one of them. We've won The, (laughs) the guest bingo. Okay. It's not called bingo. It's just called O. And we can check off that circle and we win.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty good game I mean really I would prefer Gethard or Butler but
1: <laughs> I mean like Diddy's third in line for sure
0: Yeah mostly I just I, I, I don't know what I would say to him But
1: hello, Did- I would mostly want to talk to him about the Chris Gethard Show <laughs> That's the problem I feel like if we got Diddy on the show I would ask him to Contact Chris Gethard to get Chris Gethard on the show
0: Yeah Don't, don't get Gethard to contact Diddy to get Butler, get no. Diddy together. <laughs> that is the priority of our podcast.
1: So just so you know, everybody, Diddy would be fine.
0: We wouldn't turn him down.
1: We wouldn't say no to Diddy.
0: Mostly just because I would go off to hear what he has to say about a Jerry Butler movie. <laughs> I would actually 100% be fascinated to hear what he thought of Phantom <laughs> of the Opera.
1: All right. So just in closing, counting up in importance diddy chris gethard yeah gerard butler yes and we will give you a finder's fee of twenty dollars
0: yeah and i'll make you cookies
1: emily will make you cookies uh i will mail you something stupid and give you twenty dollars if you get one of those three guests yes do you think that like Chris Gethard would feel like uh, it was his comeuppance for having everybody tweet at Diddy to get Diddy on the show if everybody tweeted at Chris Gethard to get him on our podcast?
0: Probably. I <laughs> I think we could argue that sincerely.
1: All right, everybody, so tweet at Chris Gethard. Yeah. Get him on at Fan and Furious. Yeah. And well, even uh,
0: we'll fuck. We will do a movie we already did by the time this comes out. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. If it, he, I will. I will fucking watch one more kiss again if Gethard wants to talk about it.
1: I'll watch Venom again.
0: Uh, That's not... uh, Shh.
1: (laughs) Yeah, unless it's like something morally reprehensible, we will have Chris Gethard on to talk about any film. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, uh, until next time, hopefully further down our timeline, Chris Gethard will be on the show saying, Dear Frankie... What is 300 plus Dracula 2000?
0: I'm just going to let you hang yourself with this one, man. Like, I don't know where you're going.
1: (laughs) Equals. Hmm. Mrs. Brown. Bye.
0: Bye.